0: Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. This week, Pastor Ben Pitney continues in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18-20 through 20, with a message titled The Mission. But before we dive into that, we have a special interview with our missionaries from Ukraine, Eric and Beth Yotis. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give,
1: today. Good morning. I'm really glad that uh, you're all in church today. It's beautiful out, isn't it? That's why we live in Tucson. Weather's perfect. A few days a year, and this is one of them. It's really good. Well, we have something uh, planned for you today that's really, um, I I think it's really special, and we want to talk through some things today, but I want you to meet Eric and Beth Yodis. I'm going to ask them to come up. Um, They are our missionaries that we support to Ukraine, uh, facilitating church planting. And so the Yotises have been in Arizona, so we talked a few weeks ago and said, hey, we want you to get down here. Now unfortunately, they came down as Lynn and I uh, are in the middle of moving, so we just recruited them to help us move. Because they would have done it to us, okay? And um, so we, uh, I think what just, I really love, uh, and I want you to understand about this relationship is um, I feel like, look, we we kind of grew up in ministry together just a little bit. We were young in our 20s when uh, we met at a church in San Jose, and um, in our young 20s, you know, we thought we were smart and knew what we were doing, and we pretty much didn't, right? At least the Pitneys didn't, that's for sure. And um, so we, but we were fortunate to be a part of a church that I think facilitated uh, fostering an environment to learn and to grow, to blow it, to make mistakes. And it also fostered a great environment for understanding missions uh, amongst other things and learning how to be a pastor things like that. And so... We, um, that, was, that was where our relationship started, which is what's so important, I think, to, uh, to me is um, I want to partner with people I really trust and I know. Not perfect people by any means, but, but people that you can really trust and, um, because you're investing in. So we want to talk about missions today with the Yodas just a little bit, right? I think that there's a, there's a lot of our history as a church that... We probably did not focus on or have not focused on global missions as much as I would really like because there was so much of our journey that we were just trying to survive as a church in order to get to a place where we could really be effective, and uh, we're long past that now, and you guys have been on the mission field now uh, uh, quite a while, 25 years. Okay, so um, we've been supporting you from our beginning of our existence So tell us just really quick. I was going to start with you, Beth, because I think I did last time, just asking you what What's the big deal? Why, why global missions? What do you think? What What is in the world? Why 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 does the church need to have global missions as a part of our thinking? Maybe it was Maybe it was was Eric. That was Eric's question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) you could answer that question, but uh, just tell us really quick why Why should it be a part of our 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 church? Why?
2: Well, the two reasons that I can think of right off the top of my head is that, uh, first off, the, uh, being involved in global missions and church planting is one of the first signs of a healthy church. Uh, it's a healthy organism. Uh, organism has to be healthy to reproduce. So the fact that you're involved in global missions and with church planting is, is just a beautiful sign that the church is doing okay. And uh, the second thing is that there are, there are still billions of people in this world that do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And we're not okay with that. And I don't think you're okay with that either. So if we're ever okay with that, that's a really bad thing.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I was just uh, recently just kind of thinking through this, you know, you guys are coming and uh, wanting to introduce you to our church uh, some more because there's people that have not met you yet, I'm certain. And I I went to this website. I go, I go there often for data and statistics about The world that is unreached. It's called uh, the Joshua Project. And you can go and you can find that they have really good information and data about people groups that are not reached. So there's 7,000 unreached people groups right now. And that means there's no viable church. There's no healthy church. There's no group of Christ followers gathered together as a church to uh, really uh, to speak of in those people groups. And that's a lot. It, It always shocks me thinking about 7,000 people groups that don't really have anything come close, you know, to speak of um, regarding church and our, our mission or mandate, because the church is the hope of the world, right? So tell us, so you've been in Ukraine now 25 years, you know, I just think back on 1989, 1990 when we met, right? And then a number of years later, you guys launched Ukraine at the when the, Dismantling, so to speak, of the Soviet Union, right? Why did you – why Ukraine? Why did you set out to go to Ukraine, Eric? What, what, what was that all about?
2: Well, I don't think we were that smart to really know probably, why probably. we were going there. We yeah. weren't that strategic. It was just where the Holy Spirit le- led us. Mm-hmm. But Ukraine is um, – uh, has – well, for the former Soviet Union, it was the place that Christianity really took hold and so, what we've been able to do has been to help build a base of operations for fulfilling the Great Commission uh, throughout that part of the world, where right. Americans really can't go or have much effect at all. Ukrainians can go, so we've been uh, helping turn the whole tide on on how they view church planting and building up the church there.
1: And church planting. So, Beth, um, you said something pretty interesting to me um, that you know maybe when you guys first went. Uh, to to Ukraine, it was so different. But now, um, Ukraine is a sending nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what do you mean by sending nation? Right.
0: Well, it's um, when we first went to Ukraine, um, the church was really suffering because under communism, it was a you hid if you were a Christian. You didn't. You weren't bold and out outgoing in your faith because you'd go to jail for it. So when we first arrived in Ukraine, the the people were afraid to share their faith, they were afraid to, to go out of their walls and meet new people. And so we were able to come in and, and show them a new vision in a new way and, and that they could go out, they had the freedom, and a lot of it is they just didn't know, they were almost like an abused, abused child, they didn't know what was normal. And so one of the reasons missionaries go out is often to help the nationals see their potential and and have a new way of reaching out to people that maybe they didn't know existed before. And so we we were able to to do that. And over these now 25 years we've been in Ukraine, we now see um our Ukrainian churches sending missionaries to Siberia and to the like Turkmenistan and all the stans and even to India and Egypt and into the Muslim world, places where it's a lot harder to go as an American, yeah. but that they can go. That's because they're fantastic. not looked at as, oh, you Americans, you know, they're, they're accepted easier. And so it's great to see our churches now supporting world missions. It's pretty so it's come a long way. It's, it,
1: it's huge, you know, 25 years of doing that. So let's go back again just a little bit, you know, when we're young and we're in our 20s. And we're going, wow. Um, can you talk about being young? In your 20s, not really knowing, but having this preconceived or these, this, this, this list, so to speak, of things that are like, i um, got to do, i got to be, or I don't want to do, that kind of stuff. Beth, we talked about that a lot. I think that's important for people to hear and understand regarding missions uh, and how important it is, I think, to be young, even though you don't know a lot, right? Well,
0: when we first met Ben and Linda, like he said, we were very young. I had no plan to go on the mission field. And Eric went on a short-term trip, and he just saw a need—a need for churches. He went all over Ukraine and the former Soviet Union; you couldn't spot a church anywhere. Whereas in America, you drive down the street, and how many churches did we pass just coming down? Is it Houghton? Houghton? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how you say that name. And you can say Houghton if you, you want don't, that. You didn't find who that. You are, yeah. yeah, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't find that in Ukraine. So he came home, and we got to go and plant churches. Well. We're children's ministry people we don't even know how to plan a church and and then I had you know we can't go, we got our daughter's in the best school in the city you know we we just bought a home, you know we medical issues you know we we can't go and God answered a lot of those prayers during the next year, and Eric went on another missions trip, and I was just, no, I'm not going and God oh. answered a lot of my questions, one was there's um, Several million people in Ukraine, I think at that time, 45 million people, they all have schools for their kids. And their kids come to America and study and do very well. So my daughter's going to get a good education there. And people there all live in homes. We were going to have a home there, you know. (laughs) And medical, that one still is a a, a difficult question to answer for, for Ukraine. But every time we've had a medical issue, God has provided. He's placed a doctor in our path that has helped us navigate the system or, you know, lots of things. And then there was a lot of questions that weren't answered. And I just came to a peace that God would walk through me, with me through those answers. And I could step in blind faith and trust that God would take care of the issue as it came up. And he did. Over the years, I've been able to now look back and I think, God, you've given us a beautiful home in Ukraine. You gave our daughter an awesome education. I mean, she's amazingly smart. She knows four languages. And I just think, God, you gave me better than I thought, than I had planned for myself. So God's dream was bigger and more awesome than any dream or plan I had for my own life. So.
1: Yeah. Now, Eric, it, it's been hard though, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not been like an easy walk in the park no. to, to be there. It It's it about that and language and all that kind of right. stuff, right? Well,
2: I mean, learning another language and then... Working in it, you know, I mean knowing it well enough that you can actually work in it um, That was one thing when we were 30 we learned Russian because we were in Eastern Ukraine and then having uh, in the last five years moved to uh, s- Central North Ukraine having to learn Ukrainian I got to tell you it was a lot easier to learn Russian when I was 30 than it is to learn Ukrainian when 55 so um, so Yeah, but aside from that there's the stresses of living in a culture that you didn't grow up with there's it's not easy. It's not easy, but it is so worthwhile.
1: Okay. So tell us then a little bit about what you do because there's a big picture here and a lot has changed mm-hmm. over 25 years. Really, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> what are you doing over there? People ask me what I do during the week, and um, I don't know. They think I don't.
2: Do yeah. I don't know. So well, uh, about a year and a half ago, they put me in charge of the church planning committee of what is actually the largest evangelical entity in all of Europe it's about this union in in Ukraine and I just happened to be there when the other guy resigned and uh, there's nobody else to take his space but I think God had orchestrated that so uh, all these years we've been casting vision, mentoring uh, training, recruiting and um, so from there with this new position that we are doing our best to work ourselves out of um, we formed a team, we call it the dream team of church planters from all over Ukraine who are doing ministry in a fresh, new way, and uh, some of them who did church planting way back then. And from that team, God is raising up people who will take leadership. And it's also, uh, you know, a long time ago when we first started, if you wanted to plant a church. Pastors in the area looked at you with suspicion. What are you causing all this division about? Why do you need new churches? Why do you, we already have a church in this city of one one point one million? Why do we need a second one? You know. Um, anyway, so so this, we we've had to change some mindsets, but we're glad to see that that is changing, and we we have been promoting um, well, promoting publishing. I don't know how to say it. Um, Lifting up people who are doing ministry in fresh new ways, people who've gone through our training, and lifting them, putting, highlighting them, and now those people are really becoming the, I say, the stars of church in Ukraine. But they are.
1: They are, you know, and through sort of this pandemic and the, the, you know, the virus, um, it's really shook us to our core. And I even call it uh, a lot of times a gift to the church because it's kind of rattled listen in such a way to where we recognize, wow, we got to think through things different. We think so poorly, I think, or in, in a, a wrong way about how church, our mission, our mandate and all that kind of stuff. So tell us about church planters during the pandemic in Ukraine because, it, you know, I mean, goodness, well, young people, <laughs> that's, that's kind of this, this thing, right? Young people mm-hmm. need to be doing these things for a reason,
2: Right, exactly. And, and really, we need to be giving up and, and encouraging our young people to go to missions, to go to other parts of the world, to share the gospel, to go into ministry, even though it's not easy for us to let them go and to be away from them. That's the hard part. I mean, it wasn't easy when we had to take our daughter to Ukraine and we're thinking, oh, oh she's never going to play soccer or basketball or anything like that in the little leagues or whatever. Um, and it wasn't easy for us to let her go to a high school of her choice, you know, in a, in a different country or to... Take her to America and, and go to college here and, and, and say goodbye to her and go back to Ukraine. And, and now that we have a two-year-old grandchild, it's not getting any easier, you know, to 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 go back every time we do. But, but we realize that God has called us. But for young people, you know, to be able to minister and to reach out... Okay, we've been at this 25 years now, plus what time we were in San Jose together... We're wiser, we're smarter than the young people, but we're not as energetic, we're not as strong, we're not as resilient, we're not as healthy, and we're not as flexible. We're not as risk-taking as as they are. So it's really, uh, I think, important for people to start out young, cutting their teeth in ministry.
1: Well, and tell us about these uh, young church planters right now, because they're doing something that... Other people can't and even shouldn't do. Maybe. Oh yeah,
2: everybody our age is kind of hunkering down and obeying the government, staying in our little cubicles and apartments, our flats, and um, you know praying the world doesn't come to an end while we're in there. But uh, our young church planners they're they, you know they're putting on the mask, they're putting on their gloves, and they're getting out and they're finding the people that need. That are that are having needs. Maybe they're high risk people. Maybe they're people just gripped by the fear of the and don't want to leave their apartment. But they're going and they're finding out what are they getting them they manufactured hand sanit- sanitizer and got it out to the people they got masks out to the people if pe- older people needed groceries, they'd take them to them and, and just bless them in the name of Jesus and just reaching out yeah
1: they're healthy they' yeah. it's not a risk to them like it is to uh, older folks with their health right yeah. they get they, look we're not making light of the whole thing, but they're mm-hmm. they're, they're the ones that are we, are, we need to be yeah. cool, get out there right. because because you can, because you're healthy, because, you you know, and so so, we were talking about these unreached people groups across the world. They're in, they're they're not like Germany and Japan and all these other mainline countries. They're in places like Bangladesh. There's not really any churches to speak of still, right? right? There's no Bible in their language because their languages in certain people groups, their languages haven't even been translated to Translate into uh, New Testament and things. These are fairly rugged places. Like Ukraine was a lot more rugged when you first went, right? Much. It really was. And and when you're young, that's where that's when you need to go. We need people <laughs> like that. And now we can. You, you guys are there. You're established. You have a lot of credibility. But we still need to train these young people to mm-hmm.
0: do the work. Yeah. Um, I, I would go, like to say too to parents and grandparents here. Encourage your kids to go into ministry and to go into missions, and don't think you're going to lose them. I guarantee you, you will gain so much more if they go. I had way more time with my parents being a missionary than I would have had I worked in the States, and our our daughter had way more time with them. They came to us and spent weeks and months with us once they retired, and the blessings were greater than they would have been had we stayed here and done ministry here, so don't be afraid that you lose your kids if they go away because yeah. I guarantee you, you will get way much more back.
2: Yeah. Beth, you may, have, you, you may have just scared off a few people who heard that you say that the in-laws are going to come stay weeks and months with them.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: Just be good in-laws. <laughs>
1: okay, so we're, we're talking through this. We want to motivate our church and young people and our families to, to be aggressive about this. The church is the hope of the world. I really don't believe we should be Supporting much global stuff and uh, missions, in, unless it's highly attached to church planting or facilitating church planting, because of this, right? And um, so now you're looking back, and you've got five, ten years, right, um, of your ministry. So if you look, if you look back now, I, I said, look, um, what's the one question people never ask you? And it's, you're just like, I can't believe you never asked me this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I asked you last night. I said, "I just want you to just bring it on Sunday. Tell us what that question is, and and answer that that question for us today."
2: Yeah. Well, you know, we thought about that question you asked us last night, and uh, that question kind of burned to our brains because I couldn't answer you right away. I mean, how do you answer something that's so hypothetical? And then I realized later on the one question that we're not asked is, "Would we do it again? Would we do it all over if we know now what we?" Or knew then what we know now, or, or whatever. I would do it again in a heartbeat. You as did, tough as it yeah. was, only the good, th- uh, only the things that are hard in life usually are worthwhile, and only the things that we do for Jesus Christ are going to last for all eternity. And that's true whether it's here in America or overseas in Ukraine. Yeah. And,
0: and, and I'd like to add, thank God that He only gives you small pieces of the pictures as you go, because had I known the whole thing. <laughs> I would have been like, no way, God, I can't do that. It's too big. It's too hard. I don't want to. But he showed me just a little step at a time, and we were able to walk each step with God. Each step, he helped us through the hard times, and he, we rejoiced in the good times. Sure. So I look back now, and I can see that amazing. We've been there long enough to see the fruits and the results of, of work and labor, working with all Ukrainians there. And it's such a blessing. It's so amazing. So I'm
1: certain of it. I think that, uh, yeah, e- when you we think that through, like, uh, do I want my child's first language to be Russian? Mm-hmm. You know, you, a, a, if you're over here, you might be going, what? Mm-hmm. M- not English? They're not going to really, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. They're not going to know what a target is. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about or the store. Gu- or a gun. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's an American thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh, goodness. So we want to pray for you. And... The Yodases are going to be outside at at a table. You can visit with them a little bit. We want you to get to know them. They're very effective at what they do. And it's a privilege to be a part of uh, your ministry. It extends us the way we should extend ourselves. And so when you give to Vail Christian Church, then we set aside money um, to support um, Eric and Beth. And you guys are dealing with, you know, when are you going to go back uh, right now um, a little bit because everything's sort of escalating and the virus and vaccines and all that and so we want to pray for you about those things too um, when you're going to head back but you're heading back and um, you're excited about doing that I know so um, it's just uh, I just really appreciate being on the same team.
2: Hey we want to say also thanks Uh, you know uh, we're not independently wealthy Uh, we grew up I grew up in Glendale and um, so we you know we, we can't be out there doing what we're doing by ourselves. We, we need you, and, and you've been faithful supporters both financially and in prayer. And we're really grateful. We're really grateful. And so uh, we've even had uh, friends in Ukraine say, Thank the churches for, uh, for sending you over. So yeah. thank you.
1: Well, we sent teams uh, periodically. We sent a lot of young people, and we intend to send some more. Mm-hmm. If things settle down a little bit. We're going to send our best. We're going to send our young people. Absolutely and um, it's fantastic that we can send them to people that we really trust and, and we wanna be helpful. So um, let me pray for you guys before you go. Thank you, Lord, for the Yodas family and their uh, drive, uh, commitment, and um, sacrifice uh, to be in a place where we can partner together to facilitate church planting and network and, and uh, do things with the big picture in mind. Thank you for Ukraine and all of its um, struggles, just like we have here. They have unique struggles and uh, corruption and things like that, that uh, just like we do. And so i um, praying, Lord, that you might continue to bless and oversee um, the Yodices and their ministry to such great um, people. Um, in particular, I would pray that um, um, you might help them in bringing them knowledge and understanding and wisdom and guidance, discernment. Um, as they determine when they're going to go back. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So I don't know, you know, in the midst of the upheaval that's still a part of our culture, our part of our nation, you know, look at where we're, um, uh, we, we're always looking for heroes. We're always looking for these people that uh, we want to be like. I mean, that whole song and everything is all about... Um, uh, somebody inspired to learn the guitar, you know, because of s- some things, and that, you know, that those of us that are a little older that actually put a quarter in a jukebox, you know, to listen to our favorite song, right, um, because we're, we're attracted to that, you know, I, I just think that, the, you know, that heroes come in the shape and the form of um, uh, uh, unexpected, right, I I think the Yotases are heroes. uh, What they do and how they're going about life and the sacrifice and the commitment they're making is pretty huge, you know. So I listened to this album, you know, when I was a kid um, in high school. And, um, you know, the the things that you're attracted to are never really probably what you should be or supposed to be. So somebody's gonna still buy that. I still love this song, right? And uh, somebody's still gonna buy that classic rock album from me along with that Aerosmith album and things we're going to I think it's going to be great because we're going to do some really cool things with it but um I think that what we are called I not just think I know that what we are called to as Christ followers into the church is very very radical but we get distracted by the things that we want and the things that we need so easily I want you to turn to John chapter 19 and I want you to underline for yourself in your Bible one phrase, and I want to sort of set the foundation to what I'm just going to briefly share uh, about our mission and our mandate. And I want you to see this for yourself, okay? In your Bible, you should underline this phrase because it's, um, it's very, very key to who we are supposed to be as a church and um, as Christ followers, and you, but you kind of got to go back to it in order to be reminded. In John chapter 19, there is a phrase, depends on your translation. If you're in the New English translation, the phrase in John um, chapter 19 in verse 30. So find verse 30. And the phrase will be this. It'll be, it is completed. Some of your versions might say it is finished. It's a better translation, honestly, to say it's completed. And I just wanna talk about that just for a minute. Now this is Jesus and he's hanging on the cross. And these are the last things he says before he dies. He says, it's completed, it's finished, it's done, right? What he is saying here, and why this phrase is so important, is he is saying, my obedience to the Father is completed, and it is perfect, and you need it. You need this. You needed me to do this. God the Father is the architect of this grand plan and this story, and God the Son, Jesus, fulfills And submits to the will of the Father. And the Father says, this is what your mission is. I have a mission for you, and you're to go do this. And these are Jesus' words now. As he's been obedient to the Father, it's completed. My obedience is completed, and it's perfect, by the way. And it's for you. He's saying this this to us. I mean, why else would he say this out loud as he's hanging on the cross? Just so that, you know, for himself? This is for... He's saying this to you and I. He's saying, my suffering is done, and you need it to cover all your sins. That's what he's saying in that phrase. I have completed removing the wrath of God from my people because we're sinful and we need a Savior, and without my mission being completed, you're going to suffer from the wrath of God. You need this. You need me to do this. I have ended things with Satan. I've um, uh, striking him with a death blow. You needed me to do that. I'm the only one that could do it. I have established a new covenant, a new promise for my people. It's complete now. It's complete. And because it's complete, the mission begins. There's so much implication to the phrase. It's completed. It's finished. It's done. Because now, at the end of this scene, see, news is spreading. News spreads like wildfire throughout the whole world. The mission begins. The mission is begun, right? What is so overwhelmingly amazing about the mission is that it happens now through you. Me, we're going to talk about that. It happens through you and me. You know, there's a lot of people I'm certain at the time that were wishing that Jesus hadn't died and later on that he wouldn't leave. Now, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28, and this is where we're going to draw the truth out of the text and some implications. Now, this is very familiar. I've talked through this passage several times. I want you to see it just a little differently today. So Matthew chapter 28, and I want you to slip down to verse 18. Okay. Now we're going to read. We're going to just look at our mission or the mission. Matthew 28, verse 18, then Jesus came up. So this is after now he's been taken off the cross. He's died. He's been buried and he's raised, and he has spent time helping his guys connect the dots, all right? And just before he leaves, he gives us the mission. So everything's been completed. Now, now, now look what the implications are. Here's what he says starting in verse 18. He says, Then Jesus came up and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The Father, the architect of, of the story, he's given me the authority. Therefore, or so, right? We've talked about that word, how important it is. So, go now, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, right? Teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, by the way, and I want you to remember, I'm with you always to the end, to the end of the age. Now, here's the thing. We could wish, like these, these guys probably did, that Jesus hadn't left because he's so powerful. I mean, can you imagine these guys are standing around and going, all right, look at what's happened. Can you imagine what we could do now, Jesus? Let's go, right? And he's like, here's the mission, you guys. I'm out of here, <laughs> okay? It's been completed. Now here's the mission. We could be wishing this because Jesus says John 20 verse 21 look what he says he says something actually kind of stunning in John chapter 20 verse 21 he says is the father has sent me now i'm sending you now this is big i'm sending you now i've completed my mission now i got a mission for you you see this is huge whoever receives John 1320 whoever receives right the one I, I, I send receives me, so it's about you now, and I am connected to you, right? The one who sent me, and I'm connected to God. So these are stunning words for his emissaries. Stunning words. I do not think they saw this coming. I don't think they understood this completely. What? I mean, look, we we got it. We got this. I mean, you've risen. I mean, Imagine now what is what could happen. And he says, okay, my mission is complete, but yours, all right, is just getting started. This is big. The mission begins where redemption ends at the cross. And our great task is to now spread this news, explain Jesus to people with all our might, to every nation on the planet, all the people groups on the planet. This is our job now. This is why we've been talking about this is so radical. Our, uh, everything about us now is global, right? So I just want to look at this commissioning of our mission for a few minutes. Here it's all summed up. It's all wrapped up. Why in the world would Eric and Beth Yotas and people uh, like them go, okay, we got to go? we got to do some stuff. we we got to get after this. There are people out there. There is more than just coming to Vail Christian Church, right, and looking for great programs for your children to be a part of because we, they, you know what I'm saying? There is more than coming to Vail Christian Church and, and for goodness sakes, who wants to go to a church where uh, the worship leader stinks? But that's what, that's what we got on our mind, you know. Kevin does not stink. He's really great. But, but what if he did? We'd be like, oh, this church is not that great. I guarantee you would. None of you want to go to a church where the worship stinks. This whole thing right here. Nobody wants to go if you're like, oh, the pastor. Blah. There's plenty of that that happens once in a while. That's for sure. Nobody wants to go to a church where the children's ministry is not producing things that we want, that we need, that we, you know, and we're looking for all kinds of stuff for the church to do for us, to meet our needs and to, you know, we really want that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, this just seems to bypass a lot of this thinking about what church is for and, and, and what our mission is all about, and we get so wrapped up and so self-centered this is why I, I wanted to draw this out of Beth a little bit because she was like, hey, God, I mean, we're doing ministry here. But I got this in mind, you know, I want my kid going to a great school. That's why people move out to Vail, by the way, right? Because we got great schools out here, high-performing schools. And you can get into a starter home and all kinds of stuff. You're not careful, you really get distracted from our mission here. And so I want to look together at this mission because there are some essential characteristics of this commissioning of our mission, right? What is the extent of it, by the way, and, and, and what is the authority behind it, and what's the encouragement behind it? Can we look at the essential characteristics of the mission? Because there are some characteristics of what Jesus has just stunned his guys with, so much so that they're watching him go up into the clouds, and, you know, and the angel's like, what are you doing looking up here? He just gave you your mission, and he just told you some things. Did you pay attention? I feel like that's kind of what this message is all about. So here, here it is first. Look at, the, look at this first thing. First, go baptize and teach them to observe. So baptism, this is a big deal. Baptism is the outward expression that I belong to Jesus. Baptism is a huge thing. I need you to baptize people. I need you to lead people to Christ. But baptism is huge. Part of what happens is, you will notice, it, it, it's, it, I, I can't hardly really control myself with it Sometimes. Because we will host a baptism event out here, right? And we invite everybody to go around. And you've downright seen me be aggravated once in a while. And you've heard me say, you, you, you must not, you cannot, please do not bypass the event and walk across the bridge and get to what you're doing to next. Because nothing is more important to this. Why would I get like this? Why would I say like this? Because baptism is such a huge deal. It is a person's stand and be counted moment. It is a person saying, listen, I'm swearing allegiance to the king and I want everybody to know it. And I can't imagine a part of our commission, Jesus, the first thing he says, I want you to go and I want you to baptize people. The implications are I want you to explain who Jesus is and this part of the piece of the pie is a big deal, right? You can imagine, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, here it is, it takes a lot of guts to stand up there and be counted and say, this is who I am, this is what I believe, I'm all about this, my life doesn't belong to me anymore, it belongs to Jesus, I'm swearing allegiance to the king and I'm standing there doing it in front of all of you, and it's offensive to me to walk past that. I don't care what is out there waiting, that's huge. That's huge. That's big. See, I got all aggravated again almost, right? (laughs) Why? They're saying, I have full and complete allegiance to the king. That's what they're saying. If we're not about that, we're not about our mission. They're saying, I'm dead to me and I'm alive to him. That that takes a lot of nerve to say that. They're saying, I'm walking in a new life marked by trust in Jesus' promises. I believe in his promises. They're saying, I've moved from darkness to light. Anybody want to celebrate with me? They're saying, baptism is that line drawn for others to see what has happened in me. I drew a line in the sand and I said, I'm crucified with Christ. I don't live anymore. Jesus lives in me. That's what I'm standing here saying. What an unbelievable event. And and we get it right here in our commission From Jesus himself, this is what I want you to do. We're moving in the world to draw people into that kind of relationship and that kind of symbol to be baptized, immersed. It's a picture to the world about who we are, what we do, and where our allegiances lie, drawn right out of this commission, right from the very beginning, right? Then after that, look at the second thing here. After you're baptized, teach them to do everything I taught you and I commanded you to do, by the way. Draw these people not just to have allegiance to Jesus, but to be like Jesus in the way they live. This is the only reason why children ministry and teenager ministry and all these other things exist around here. Because we want to draw people not just to have allegiance to Jesus, but to live like Jesus in a way that He lived. Which is radical, by the way. Bring them to the point of baptism, yes, and bring them to justification by faith. Awfully churchy words, but we've talked through that. Bring them to obedience as everything said is to bring them to sanctification. You've been set aside now. You've been set apart. You have a mission. You are special. I set you aside for some purpose now. Here it is. That is sanctification, So the commission's, let's go preach the gospel in such a way that people are made right with God through faith in Christ and utterly transformed so that everywhere churches rise up. Churches are birthed. Everything gets changed then. Those are the essential characteristics of the mission. Can we talk about the extent, though? What is the extent of this? I don't think we think about this enough. He tells us to do that for all the people groups of the world. All. But, you know, I'm just like anybody else. Boy, I can really get distracted by all of our programs and stuff. About right here. We got to take care of here. We can do two things at once, that's for sure. We can do multiple things at one time, but man, do we get caught up in the the stuff right now, right? We expend a lot of effort and energy here. We have to do that so that we can support people like Eric and Beth. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes I think we're over the top though. He says, do this for all the people groups. There are so many people out there besides us. (laughs) So many nations that, that doesn't mean just nations like Germany and England and Brazil and Japan and Indonesia. These are great nations, mainline, mainstream nations. How about nations uh, like the Moabites, the Jebusites, the Edomites? Just some biblical nations. But, you know, if you go to the Joshua Project, you'll find that there are virtually just no churches to speak of, evangelical churches. There's no movement of churches, that's for certain, in Bangladesh still, in places like that. There are 7,000 people groups They don't have anything, any remnant of a, of, of a, 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 a church like this. Are you kidding me? A home church? Nothing. 13,000 people groups, ethnine in the Greek word here, meaning ethnic groups, nations, he means for us to go get them all, by the way, all of them. And we have such a short sighted or small vision sometimes. Find them all, preach to them all, build a church into all of them. I want my kingdom to have that much diversity. The extent of the mission is all the peoples, all people groups today. They don't have a self a sustaining church in their midst. These seven thousand people groups, a self sustaining church. See, I I, I think we got to be reminded of this because there's so many people groups where maybe Jesus is alive and well in certain people's lives, but they're they're. they're they're totally unengaged with the mission and the mandate. Let's be a part of changing that in our day. Let's reach all the people groups of the world with this news. And I just don't think we've probably focused on this. It's, you know, it's going to be me. Uh, bottom line, maybe my fault more than, than most. It took a lot to establish a church and plant a church, but we're past that. We were trying to survive for so long, so we were pretty myopic. Those days are gone. Those days are over, and I think we've been shook to our core about what's really, really important. That's the extent. Let's talk about the authority of the mission. I like going back to this. What about this authority? All authority in heaven and on earth, all of it, it's been given to me, Jesus says, right? He says, so go, all right? Now, there's a lot of ways to go or to get after it, right? I've been reading this book um, about missions to the... To uh, people in southern China amongst some uh, conservative evangelicals during the early part of the 20th century. So I think they are called the Li people. You know, it's hard to pronounce what they are, but anyway, they're this this people group. The book is describing the monotheistic, syncretistic, animistic mix of people a hundred years ago. And I've been thinking about a missionary is going to walk in there. And say, hey, I've listened to your understanding of God, you guys. Two of the things you said about him are right, but five of the things that you are understanding, that you're saying, and that you know about God. That's all wrong. You need to change what you believe about God. Imagine saying that. Imagine that. We live in a world where that's called imperialism and labeled absolutely audacious to say something like that. And before you get going on, yeah, you can't do that. Are you kidding? That's exactly what Jesus is asking us to do. That's exactly. How can you do that? How can a human being walk out of our culture into another culture and tell them five of their views about the almighty God are wrong? You're to do it because Jesus says, the authority's been given to me, and this is what you're supposed to do. I'm giving it to you. This is your mission and your mandate. And I put it right here in this book called the Bible. Get after it. And maybe that's why I think God stirred in the heart of a really young pastor who didn't know much, and the Yodases as well, because we're just young enough and stupid enough to go do that right? That means, you know what the implications are? Bible-believing believers do missions. Nobody else has the nerve to walk into another culture and start pointing out that their views of God have got to change. Only people who believe God has spoken and that he wants them to be saved and that they can't get saved with a wrong view of God will do that. That's our job. That's our mission. That's what's so radical about it because it's counter-cultural. It's downright offensive. The authority piece here is huge and we have it from Jesus and he says, get after it. Why do you think they wanted to kill him? Because he shook it up that much. And what was a part of his message? Your views of God are wrong. (laughs) Let me straighten this out for you. Well, there's a companion, though, in this mission and in this commission. I love it. What did Jesus say to encourage us about this work? Right at the end of verse 20, what's he say? I know what I've given you to do. Sounds crazy. Believe me, I know I just did it. And now I'm asking you to do it. This is what I want you to remember. I'm with you always to the end. Don't don't forget that. I'm with you to the end. I was reading this autobiography of a missionary. Tells this story. He's a missionary to the Hebrides in the 1800s, so it's a long time ago. And he tells a story about having served on the island of Tanna for four years. It was a pretty rugged scenario. And uh, he risked his life over and over again and had hardly any success explaining Jesus to anybody. And so he's telling this story, and, he, and, he, and he's describing it. It's, it's like he's the original Indiana Jones, because the way he describes it, he says 1,500 native people are after him with spears and machetes, and they want to kill him. So they're actually chasing him. So he's running with a friend that he's made, and they're running from 1,500... Doesn't this sound like a, an Indiana Jones movie, Right? And the friend says, "Hey, climb up in this tree. I'm going to go this way and see if I can distract them, and maybe we'll meet, to the, meet at the boat, and God will spare us." That's what he's describing. He's been there four years, and now they want to kill him, right? So they climb up in the he climbs up in the tree, and what happens? God actually does spare him, and then. He goes on just to sum it all up. For the next 40 years, thousands of people come to Jesus on those islands. And do you know what he wrote in his autobiography about the moments up in that tree? With his killers running underneath him, all around him. He said, now that he's back writing the story, he said, I go back up in that tree in a minute. I go back, you know, when I'm, I'm, I'm putting all this together, I did not tell Eric and Beth about this, and um, I just said, give me the question you never get asked, it's like, why don't people ask us this? So they slept on it overnight, and then we got here this morning, and they said, here it is, you ready? Nobody ever asks us, is it worth it? And they're like, we wish people would ask us why. Because what you know what we want to say is, yeah, it was really hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. It was risky. We gave up everything to do this. Are you kidding me? Yes, I would go back up in that tree in a minute. In a minute. That's exactly what this guy says. I didn't even tell him about this little illustration. I go back to that tree any day if I could to enjoy that same sweet moment of Jesus' promise. Remember, I'll be with you to the end of the day, to the end. I do that in a minute. Lots of people risk their lives. I don't want to hear any whining and complaining about church stuff going on here when there's 7,000 people groups across our planet don't even know who Jesus is yet. Had no scripture translated into their language because their language hasn't even been translated into something that can be written down and things like that. Do we need to do really, really good things for children and teenagers? Absolutely, why? So we can just go get out. And get after it because you're young and you're healthy and we're going to risk our best regarding the mission and the mandate that we have. Do you got a companion like that with you? Yeah. Do you got a companion like that that'll be like that there with all the authority and in heaven and on earth saying, this is what I got you to do now, see? I think we've got to be focused a little bit more on this. As a church, are you ready to do that? Here is, what does this have to do with me? It's really, really simple. I just put it together, right? What's it got to do with me and you? All this whole thing, we go through it. Number one, trust his companionship. We got him all the way to the end. We don't have anything to be worried about. Let's go. Mission, mandate, our finances, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Stop being distracted by all this stuff. Number two. Bank on his authority. He's got it all from the Father. And he's given it to who? Here's your mission. I got the authority to do this. Now go. Get after it. Number three. Make disciples. Make disciples. Make disciples. All the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father. The triune God. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's what our, it's, it's really that simple. It's really that simple. Everything else that we do is sort of a luxury around here, it feels like, doesn't it, after you put it like that? Youices don't got a whole lot of stuff. I, part of the reason why I was just sort of embarrassed to hear they are helping us pack up, our stuff. just felt wrong. I felt like it needed to give away a whole bunch more of it. so focused on my stuff. Thank you, Father, for giving us Jesus, and making a way. It's a radical assi- assignment that we have now. I'm praying, God, that we would quit playing around and goofing around, that we would be consistent givers so that we can continue to support really credible, authentic, effective Christ followers in Ukraine that are networking now and sending, sending Ukrainians to other places that it seems like it's way more effective to do that than to send them from here. We need to be more engaged in this kind of a mission and in in our mission and our mandate, Lord. So help us to sit up and pay attention more and more and to take risks with our young people in particular, I think. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Thank you for listening to the Veil vale Christian Church Podcast. Join us
1: next week as we continue in the book of Matthew. If you have any questions, would like more information about our church, or would like to see the videocast of this message, please visit our website at
0: www.valechristian.com.